If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of In the Details. I'm your host, Karen Allen, and I will be the first to admit that while I know I should be better at my health. There are a lot of things that get in the way of those habits sticking. So I am excited for this conversation today. You may kind of be listening in on a slightly therapeutic session, we'll say, because I'll be asking my guest, Ollie, a lot of personal questions on how I can make these healthy habits stick. So my guest today, Ollie Wood, is the creator of the Body Reset Program. Ollie started his business after seven years of working as an independent personal trainer, where he actually spent a lot of his time working with high-performing business owners. And in that work and building that relationship, he found that a lot of stress and inflammation and even the lack of recovery were ruining any progress that they were making together in the gym. So instead of just encouraging his clients to do more and work harder, which is usually what we try to do when we Think we're missing the mark, Ollie started to develop a more sustainable approach to health. He worked with experts in exercise, nutrition, and biochemistry to develop the holistic and scientifically backed body reset program. So if you, like I, need help simplifying your health goals and breaking them down into actionable steps that you can easily weave into your busy lifestyle, then you're in the right place. Let's get in the details with Ollie. Ollie, welcome. That's the best intro I've had in ages, Karen. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> well, you know, we got to start it off with the bang, especially as I mentioned, because this is a very personal topic here and I cannot wait to pick your brain. But I do have to ask, this feels like a, an important introductory question. What sports did you play growing up? <laughs> Everything. Um, for me, it was predominantly rowing. Uh, I'm down here in New Zealand, so classic Kiwi played the rugby. Anything in between, triathlons, rock climbing, swimming, uh, just everything. It feels like when we uh, put ourselves into a lifestyle, like I'm a former athlete as well, you never quite shake that. Like in some way, shape or form, it just sticks with you. It's interwoven into the fabric of your life. <laughs> yeah, you can you can speak for 20 minutes and you can find out if someone's had a competitive sporting background just through the lens of what they find competition, how they approach business, how they approach a morning routine. <laughs> uh, I think that DNA sticks. That is true. I will tell you that some of my clients who have, we'll say, mastered or transitioned the best into this new lifestyle or healthier lifestyle, whether it's mindset, body, all that, the ones who have found the most success were usually former athletes. They love a game plan. <laughs> they love working yep. with the coach. So there's always something that connects us there. But what I love most of when I was learning about you was the fact that you sensed the need to transition, but really more so broaden your services and go beyond gym time. So when did you know that it was time to do more and how did you navigate that transition? Yeah. So for me, I was one of those personal trainers that Thought he'd sussed out the game after six or seven years in the space, right? There was an awareness of we need to train really well. We need to contract muscles. We need to bring an awareness to not just running, but making sure that there's a level of muscle contraction, which is ultimately stimulus to create change. When we look at it through the lens of nutrition, it was very much uh, calories in, calories out, right? And when we look at that, it's a very simple concept of thermodynamics that many of us in a health space look at, right? You just need to be in a calorie deficit. If you're not dropping body fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit. And after going through that process of realizing how much people were getting stronger, they were enjoying their training, but they weren't changing, 
right? And there was a certain amount of stress and inflammation that they were walking through the door with that I was starting to get more and more aware of. And as the curious human that I am, it was just realizing that the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. And the deeper you go down that rabbit hole, the more there is to play with. And I think the big one actually transition, it's funny you said that with the initial athletic background, is I one of the main sports, especially through the last couple of years of high school, was in the rowing space. And that's all about volume, right? You're rowing twice a day, you know, six days a week, and you just get as many Ks on the board as possible. Moving into what became more of a weight training space, and I had to make it a competition, so why not do bodybuilding? It became a level of just volume again. And I started to realize that I had to teach myself to be lazy at some level in order to actually recover because the mm. results don't come in from the gym. They come from the, the, the stimulus that's created and then how you support that process. So relearning that whole thing for me and then seeing what was happening with clients through the same lens, it was just that all or nothing attitude that had applied to business and had worked at some degree. I'm sure someone can, can resonate with that right now is now applying this to health and seeing why their body's not changing and wonder what's going on. So for us, it was just an awareness of, okay, I'm missing a huge part of this puzzle somewhere and it's got nothing to do with how much I've obsessed about exercise for the last seven years, right? We need to look at the other 95% of the picture. So this became a whole you know, level of adjustments for me. But what happened was if you talk to any personal trainer, nutritionist through a lens of how can I improve my health? The obvious one that you think I'm talking about here is probably stress, right? You need to stress less and then the other things will work. But what happened as we started to build the company, you know, I was actually in that boat. I went from walking around a gym, working with my clients one-on-one, being a very in-demand personal trainer, but very in control of my own time and being my own, you know, self-employed business. Moving into a company that grew from two to 15 in the space of 18 months, I started to understand what that really meant. Like sitting down in front of a screen, having 15 different people to talk to, not quite figuring out the management structure that we have now (laughs) and just having so much to do all of the time. That in itself is like, okay, this is no longer calories in, calories out. There's an awareness of what I need to take into consideration. And as I know you know very well, is stress is not a level, but a threshold, right? It's something that you can train to increase. It's something that if you're not looking after yourself, it drops through the floor. And a very simple example of that is, okay, if I haven't slept particularly well, then I'm going to notice that my tolerance the next day is not great. If I've had alcohol, I might be able to go to bed tonight and just block out those thoughts. But my tolerance, again, is low tomorrow, right? So all of these things that we do that are external ways to get rid of stress, we nearly technically make it worse. But diving deep into that rabbit hole, you know, you start to understand more and more, okay, you think you've figured it out again. And this little motorbike helmet I've kept up in the corner here is from a crash I had a couple of years ago. And that was a whole nother, like, I thought I figured it out. I haven't really figured this out, which was, uh, I was going down, I was racing around a track again, just another sport that I'd add to the list, uh, on a, on a motorbike around a closed track. We were doing 200 K plus, which is about 140 miles now. And I had entirely brake failure at the time, um, coming into one of the straights. So, you know, jumbling down one straight, you're going full, full speed, you go for the brakes. There's nothing there. Right. My so heart just into- dropped to my stomach when you said that. And I hadn't even experienced it, but please. Yeah. So it all goes pretty quickly. But uh, if all the different things I could have done, uh, you know, jumping off, I would have broken everything. Hitting the wall, I would have broken everything. I just decided to jump at the very last second. <laughs> so I went full Superman, 30 plus meetings, meters over the, you know, a couple of football fields over the, the um, well, a football field essentially over the, the boundary and landed, you know, inches away from the road on the other side. That process was 
surprising, but I didn't break everything that I thought I would, right? Pelvis, spine, all of the things that you expect to break in that scenario. It ended up being a lot more shoulder-based and tearing all those muscles off the area. And I'm still rebuilding now, but I'm you know thankful that I can walk. And the biggest thing that hit me, and it took me six months to actually realize what had uh, happened, <laughs> is wake up in the hospital and uh, you know first call to my partner saying, hey, can you pick me up? I've got a lot to do on Monday. And she's just like, are you serious? Right? Like you have not stopped for about two years and you need to maybe take a check <laughs> about now. And I think for everyone in this spot, they get an awareness of the tickle, the whack or the truck. And the tickle is the sore lower back, something else that's kind of going on. Like, hey, you should probably look after yourself. You've been sitting down all the time. You're always in front of a screen. You're stressed out a little bit. And then we don't listen to that because we've got too much to do. So we get the whack. That's the doctor's visit where we're five kilos more than we thought we were or 10 pounds more than we thought we were. We've got to go on a certain medication or blood pressure's high, whatever's coming through. And we're like, okay, we should probably get this sorted. And then if we don't do that, we get the full-blown truck. And that's usually the moment where it's like, wow, I wish I did this five years ago, all right? And there's so many scenarios where we've seen that come through of just we're not listening to what's happening. Mm. And, you know, the amount that we see this this focus, this drive, and I absolutely love this pursuit in a business scenario or the stuff that you need to do as long as you're the one running the business, not the business running you, is the ability to make sure that you can have both. There's no wealth without health is something we talk about a ton because I talk with so many people that have actually built an amazing life themselves and they've got no health left to actually enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? So we can dive into the mechanics of what this looks like, but essentially to summarize this is that I thought I knew health and fitness. I had no idea until I understood stress, I understood business at a high level, and I understood injury, right? And the impact that that has on the body and how things operate, we really now break stress down into a tolerance and threshold through the lens of physical, digestive, and psychological. And if we can look at those three, we can manage those three. We don't just become a more effective business owner or leader. We become a more effective human. We're there for others. We feel like we're fulfilled and have purpose there. And I think that's a level that allows us to be an asset to business rather than the constant liability that you think you need to do. And that that in right. itself should be a big shift because even with today's podcast, right, we've talked about how much we we know we should do it or we wish we would find a way. To, you know, it's always a beaten up process of like, I wish I would do this better. But if it comes through more of a space of self-compassion or even just an asset to show up as being more productive human, we're looking at it through a lens of, okay, our health is the one thing that is my non-negotiable in order for me to show up better. Mm, absolutely. It's you create a deeper meaning with the routines mm. and it become because it becomes more meaningful and purposeful, then you are really tied to the experience and not just something that you have to do. And I love that you mentioned, you know, recovery as a part of this because you know, again, we're talking to folks, our listeners here, they're high achievers in their respective areas, regardless of the industry they're in or the role that they play. And so one of the things that I love to do is to knock out everything on my to-do list. Like if I can get through all 40 things that I set out for myself in the day, I feel a huge dopamine hit. We, We all do, even when you knock off one. But the reality is that stress, constant stress, that is, stunts your growth. And I learned that when I went through Human Performance Institute, Johnson and Johnson, and everything about their performance programs and teaching people how to manage their energy, stress can be good. We know this, right? It can help you to mm-hmm. create stronger muscles and build muscle and all that good stuff, but not if you don't recover. 
If you don't give your body and your mind the opportunity to recover, then all you're going to do is to create more problems. And so I appreciate the fact that you brought this up because what we try to do is do, 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 do. And sometimes what you need to incorporate there is the, as you mentioned, being lazy a little bit or just resting or or not jumping to the next thing, but giving yourself that space, which is a very, very hard thing for busy bodies like myself to do. <laughs> the biggest thing that really hit for me here is performance is the ability to show up consistently. It's not the ability to perform once and then fizzle out. It's the ability to show up consistently. And in business, we struggle that a ton because if we came, especially from a uh, team sport background where we have a set time frame that we're exercising, a set time where we're resting, and a, and a, a very set set of rules that know when we've won or lost. When we go to business, we have no rules, no time frame, and no time to stop, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just an always-on thing. And I think that in itself shows the I've been in the spot where it's easier to just keep working rather than, no, I'm going to stop here today. I'm going to build some delayed gratification to just stop working and realize that task can be done tomorrow. And I'm going to look after me because I'm focused on this urgency addiction of everything having to be done today, rather than the fact that, okay, I've ticked off the key three things that need to be done. The next one on that list is actually me, not the emails. (laughs) Right. And I think that really breaks it down a little bit. It's just the, it's actually building constraints in your own business and realizing that without them, it's actually easier to work 12 hours than it is eight because you're passionate about your work. You know, you want to get to the bottom of the list, but you're being thrown off that list. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I speak for all business owners and parents and single parents specifically like myself and high achievers out there that life is busy. So where do we start? If we have no time, how would you suggest that we start? Yeah, I should say if we feel like we have no time. <laughs> the truth is we do have time. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest one, you know, I think, you know, I'm about to say, you know, what's on your priority, what is your priority? But I think that's something that will change over time. The biggest thing is I know that business will be the priority sometime. I know that family should be the priority sometime. If business is always the focus, you know, things crumble. And we've seen that time and time again, where they get to a level of business success and everything else crumbles. And they're like, well, what was the point? And I've seen the same thing in a health environment when people look amazing, but they're at the gym twice a week and they should just focus on their business every now and then, right? So bringing in a building of these three areas and being able to navigate that through the year and and being intentional with how long things take, I think is really helpful. And I've actually gone through this very recently is I had a a client who was with us about two years ago and he was about two months into the program. He's like, ah, I'm kind of not feeling this anymore and I'm going to I'm gonna stop. He came back two years later and he's like, I've got the drive, I've got the focus. And I realized that that wasn't actually the steps. I just wasn't doing them. And I was like, amazing. Let's just start where you left off and go from there. He was in the same business. He was just as busy, had just as much going on as his day. He just had a difference in the attitude. And it was a case of, okay, well, I can shift what I look at and I can break this down into small steps. So I actually fit it in. And I think it's just that at the end of the day is it becomes an identity. You can't just wear the t-shirt. Like it has to be something that you feel and you are, you know, the be, do, have, right? And looking at it through that lens of when you are that person, you look for the opportunities to improve. It's not a case of, oh, this feels a bit too healthy or this feels like I'm a little bit obsessive now. I'm like, yes, lean into that, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you want both, let's make sure that you're living and breathing that identity. So that is first the one thing I just want to bring up because I think it's a, it's an area that it's not actually how busy you are. You can be the president of the United States. If you are not looking to improve your health, you'll find a way for the next thing to come up. And there's days right. that it won't work 100%. But right. 
But I think the really big difference that comes through is if you are identifying as an unhealthy person, you have a healthy meal and it feels like the anomaly. When you're a healthy person, you have the healthy meal and you're like, this is what I should do all of the time. Like, it's just who, what I should do. So it's just a shift, right? It's a case of, well, where is my standard? Where have I based that? Is it a case that I'll I'll have takeaways five days a week or is it I'm actually making sure that I have a solid meal before I leave the house? It just comes down to that identity. The big part here is I don't want to just look at this through a motivational lens. I want to give you an actionable step, which is where I think most people struggle is they look for the hour and a half workout and they can't find it, right? It's like trying to find the spare cash when you when you need it is looking through is it's probably needed to be allocated ahead of time. But the key thing that I think helps is look for 10 minutes and you'll find it everywhere, right? When you look at that spot, we start with small digestible chunks that you can add in your day and you get it done anyway, because 99% of the battle is just getting your bum out the door. And I can't tell you how many times uh, it's probably going to be today because I've got this podcast. I've got you know a very small gap. And then my next call is I will just make sure I get outside because it's so much easier to just you know find a couple of emails to have to reply to, fill that chunk, and then go into the next one. But if I'm able to live and breathe through the identity of I'm actually a healthy person and I'm going to find a way to fit this in no matter how busy my day is. It's not about the perfect workout. It's about finding 10 minutes. And when you find 10 minutes, opportunities come up everywhere. And I think that if you were just starting with a very clear intro, start there. Yes. Well, when I went through that HPI program, I was working with a coach, Jill, and she was fantastic because she completely understood and empathized with my scenario of being a business owner and being a single parent. And I was doing that same thing using the excuse of, I don't have an hour to go to the gym. So for me, it was a hundred percent or nothing. And I remember, Mm. I will never forget this. She said, Karen, five minutes is better than zero minutes. And I'm like, okay. So she said, you know, even if you do five minute spurts, as you just mentioned, and it doesn't have to even be going to the gym, it could be going up and down your stairs. It could be, as you mentioned, going outside, it could be grabbing your detergent and trying to do curls. Like there's so many ways to integrate it in, but I love that you started with the mindset because what has helped me significantly, and I know it's because I'm in this world of mindset, right? So I'm actively practicing what I preach, but a big hurdle for me has been the physical piece of like making sure that I'm working out, although I have the desire. And so as I coupled her short bursts with what I was saying to myself, which is what you spoke to is I get to do this. Like this feels so good. I was literally speaking into my body. You are so strong. You are rocking it. You are. And, and that changed my attitude toward how I was spending my time. And I will say that it was a struggle at first because I love my work. So I don't mind checking all the emails or doing extra research or, you know, hopping into a new course. But I did realize that everything else was becoming a priority when, especially being a former athlete and of course, being a mom who wants to be active with her child, I knew I needed to shift that. But those two things, making it bite size, and then how I was talking to myself about what I was doing definitely helped me to make a change, a change that lasted longer than a week, Ollie. (laughs) And that's, there's one thing I want to really bring up there because you articulated that beautifully, which is it's something you get to do, not something you have to do. And when that happens, you feel so much more empowered to actually drive through the obstacles that come through. And the real problem that's come up in the health industry is we are getting hired to be, to tell off people. And people are kind of expecting that, like, oh, you didn't eat the right meal or you didn't get your workout in today. And it's always through the lens of, kind of like a, a parent relationship or like you're kind of expected to feel like it's a, it's not accountability. It's like, 
it's it's a constant like you should be doing this yes i know you know and it's just mm-hmm. getting rid of that entire mindset to realize like i want you to be empowered to feel like you've got the energy the drive the focus to get the most out of every day how are we going to fit that with you what does that look like for you and this is something that we do I, just yesterday i've got a bloke who's got 400 plus staff he's got all of this stuff going on and he's like oh, i know i should have done that i'm like dude you are crushing life you just need to apply some of that awareness you have to business to what's happening in your own personal health so you can enjoy both so what does that look like? Because you want me to talk about nutrition, but let's just look at your day and where you feel this actually fitting and we can work towards that together. And when I realize that I'm on the same level as you, I'm not above or below, that becomes a process where I'm in this with you and I can only want it as much as you want it. It's not going to be a process of, you know, oh, you didn't do this and I'm waving my finger around because you are someone who is crushing life. And I think for for most people on this call and listening to what we're talking about here, it's it's an association thing, right? You've got mm-hmm. so much drive, motivation to do one thing. So all of those character traits that have got you to that level of success or, or space that you're in right now, just apply a fraction of that to health and see where it gets you, right? Your attention to detail, your ability to drive and, and push through shit when it's not as great as it could be, right? Like it doesn't have to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. It, it's simply, you know, that it's better for the long-term outcome. And mm-hmm. we're moving into a space where this is a bit of a tangent, but I'll go there anyway, is in the exercise space, we're seeing so much gamification of exercise, right? It's fun and enjoyable and we're jumping around and we're not paying attention to our body, which is the exact opposite of what we need to do. Tune in. How do you feel today? I'm feeling a little bit rough. I'm a little bit achy. I haven't slept as well. Okay, I'm going to take care of myself today so I can show up better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that's a space where we really tune into the bigger picture rather than having to plug into these constant devices or technologies that are extracting that energy away from listening to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that there is a time and a place to have fun with it. Like I love dancing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. if I don't get to the gym <laughs> and I'm just dancing around, I'm getting my heart rate up to me. That's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, yeah. but I hear you. It is about connecting to the deeper meaning and the why of what we're doing. And, and because that's where you're going to develop more of that long-term strength and you're going to be more committed to it, at least in, in my opinion. Now, I am curious though, you've worked with these different experts in exercise, nutrition, biochemistry, all of that. What's one of the most valuable lessons that you've learned throughout this experience of building the body reset? That's a hard one. Good. <laughs> one, yeah, I think the the biggest one that we focus on is the psychology of change has to come from building those incremental steps. And I think what you've just gone through of you came from the same spot, which is uh, you're either 100% or 0%. And what happens if you're always in that space is you become 0% more often, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't find the space to do it. It's not the perfect time. You can't do it now. I need to wait until I'm, I've am i got the space. Now, if you finally get to that spot that you have this magical period that is the perfect time, if you actually get that, which is, again, not going to happen particularly often, <laughs> you get to a point where if even if you nail it then, what happens when you get busy again, right? You probably plan to be busy again. And I think the big conversation here is we can talk, I, I'm happy to dive into all things gut health mindset and and optimize training to every degree. But that initial mindset of this needs to happen even when shit hit the fan, you've got 10 projects on the go, your kid's sick, you know, there's an injury in your ankle, you know, whatever else is going on. And I think just finding a way to realize that health doesn't stop. Like it's not a thing that you get to a certain point and then you're like, cool, health is done now. I can focus on the other things. It needs to be something that you do daily. It needs to be something that you actually implement as a day-to-day plan. And I think, you know, we can talk about, you can get away with it, doing it with two workouts a week or whatever else coming through. And we have plenty of clients that, you know, 
20 minutes, three times a week from a weight training standpoint is what they're doing. But the overall awareness of how can I improve my health by taking the stairs today, doing a couple of squats between these two meetings, it is an everyday thing. So finding ways to realize that this becomes a platform for you to get them to get more out of life, I think is really where we start. And I think above all else, it's really just that mindset to absorb things. And you said it beautifully, which is I get to do this, right? And that space is just when you're in that spot, you're able to actually absorb the information that's in front of you rather than just trying to find the next quick hack. And we see this if you're if you've been in a spot where you've been through the constant diets and before and you've seen you've really had struggled with your weight, it's typically because you're reinforcing the same 30 to 60 day plan rather than building something a bit more long term. Mm-hmm. And what we end up doing is we fall back into this calories in, calories out space where we are trying to drop calories and we're pushing ourselves into a corner where we're only really operating off two cylinders, right? That just look at the difference between a car that's got two cylinders in the car versus you've got a proper V8, right? How much fuel are you going to be burning through? And I saw this initially with my myself through a bodybuilding space is, you know, I could get to a certain level of body fat. I can increase my calories over a certain period of time. And then I would get ready for a show and I would focus on not just dropping calories, I'd improve sleep. I'd then look at stress. I'd then look at improving my exercise and then I'd be four weeks out, already be looking great and then drop nutri- you know, drop calories a little bit there and I still had more to work with. Mm. That's the difference between trying to do a prep every 30 days <laughs> versus you trying to do this over eight months. All right, And if you do that to really build that engine and we look at this through the gut health lens, happy to go there, through making sure that we build up that engine, making sure you're in a great spot, but it just comes from giving yourself space mm-hmm. to build your body back. Focus on getting healthy first and your ideal weight body composition becomes a byproduct of you being healthy. Mm. If you're in a stressed, toxic state all the time, you're always going to feel like you're fighting against your body. Well, I want to talk about gut health, but before we do, this is uh, reminding me of a philosophy that my late husband would always share with any new member, because mm-hmm. if somebody were to join the gym, we, we've all done this, right? If we're joining the gym, it's because we have very specific goals. Typically, the goal is to lose weight. Okay, well, we know what it is. Let's call it how we see it. And so whenever somebody would come in and he'd say, what are your goals? They would say, I want to lose X amount of pounds. And he would let them go through all the reasons why and, you know, acknowledge and and empathize with that. But he said, okay, well, I want you to forget that number. And instead, I want you to think about how you feel in your clothes. And then I want you to pick a dress or a pair of pants or a shirt, whatever it was. And um, I want you to put it on and notice how you feel in it. And every week, I want you to put it on and notice how you feel with it. Because now what was changing was it also tied them to this intrinsic motivation as opposed to just saying, I have to get this number. Well, what if that number actually doesn't work for you? <laughs> like, what if, what if you're at a good number, but you're just trying to lean up? Or, or what if you did put on more weight, which is a lot of times he would notice with the, the women who would stick it with it, they, they're like, I'm gaining weight, but how do you feel about your body? And that change became less about what we... I think initially go into as far as how we measure results and it gave a different lens through which we would see and feel those results. And that really helped people to stay tied to the program longer than I think if they felt like, oh, I'm not hitting my number. (laughs) But I do want to go back to gut health because you've mentioned this a couple of times and I don't understand. Before you do. Okay. (laughs) I, I I love what you've said there and that idea of what you feel day to day. And what we see all of the time is, you know, I'm trying to drop body fat. So I'm going to focus on running, right? And I'm going to run every day and I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I do this for 30 days. And I get to the end of the 30 days. How do I feel? 
I've got sore knee- knees. I feel unmotivated. I feel like things aren't working all that well. I'm like, okay, so what was really the goal here? I want to feel good. I want to feel good in my clothes. I want to feel like I can go every day. I'm like, okay, cool. Lock in the goal of feeling. And now we can be flexible on the approach to get there, right? It might not happen from running every day and slogging yourself outside, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that can be a really good place to start. The second part, especially in the female space, is if you're in your mid-30s, 40s, focus on being the best 45-year-old version of you, not going back to the version of you at 20, right? Because your body has changed. You're working with a very real, different biology. And I think through that lens in itself, again, it changes this entire game because you're no longer forcing the body, you are supporting that process. And if we're going through hormonal adjustments, we're going through the mindset of what type of exercise we select in the first instance, that initial shift, that initial discussion may change the game for you. Mm, instead of forcing the body, support it. Ooh, I love that. All right. I hope somebody wrote that one down because that's a gem. So, okay. Let's talk about gut health for a little bit. First, why is it so important? And also I would love to hear just one or two simple changes that we can make for all of us. You know, how can we improve our gut health? Yeah. So the gut and, you know, the gut and brain, I think many people are starting to get an awareness of them communicating to each other. There's definitely an impact of what's happening. So if I'm tired, I'm stressed, I'm getting a response to the body that's causing me to feel stressed. That's going to make a drastic difference to my ability to digest foods, have a strong immune system, feel like I have the energy or absorbing the energy from the foods I'm eating. If I'm eating a lot of sugars over a certain time period and I'm actually shifting, that's going to shift the level of bacteria in my gut towards being, you know, feeding more of the sugar-based bacteria as opposed to fats and proteins coming through. So this diversity of your gut can in a very real way change through the foods you eat. So if you've had three or four days where it's been a very sugary space and now you're noticing for the next week, you've got more cravings, that's coming from the gut. That's a direct signal to your brain going, hey, that was really good for this lot of bacteria. And if if we're going to continue to let that grow, we're going to keep feeding those. So very simple example, but gives you an idea of them communicating both ways. Signals from the brain down to the gut, really disrupting what's happening there versus eating certain foods, it causing a shift in that microbiome, and then that adjusting the brain and the cravings coming through. So when we know they work both ways, we've got to realize that we've got to integrate the two. And in today's society where we're, you know, we're starting the day with caffeine, we're finishing the day with alcohol, and we're finding some circle where where there's a reliance on external substances, we feel completely disconnected mind to body, right? And that's where we start to eat foods and we feel sluggish. We maybe get a bit bloated. We're a little gassy, whatever else is coming through. We never connect the two, right? Like it's the quality of food conversation. It's not just quantity. And when we can reduce that information, we can work with our gut to find the foods we feel best on. We start counting colors, not calories. We start to create this diversity through the meals we're eating to make sure that we're fueling the body. If I ask anyone in the health space, I say, I ask, how many macros are there? Protein, carbs, fats, easy. You've forgotten one. Fiber, right? It's the missed macro. It's an awareness of feeding the bacteria in your gut. It's this whole completion of making sure you're improving your digestive tract to actually absorb the foods you're eating, right? It's not what you eat, it's what you absorb that matters. And when we look to rebuild that gut lining, now we're taking in the nutrients that really matters, all right? So lots of different tangents we can go down there, but the awareness of rebuilding your gut and simply tuning into how you're feeling on foods in itself is us focusing on what we've talked about for the last 20 minutes, which is focus on building your health first, not forcing the body to change through another diet. And when we apply that, it no longer becomes the diet approach. It becomes Karen's approach. It becomes Ollie's approach because you feel good on those certain foods. So looking at your gut health, it's gotten, it's it's not to do with another kombucha or a probiotic that you can add in. It may be icing on the cake if and where you need it. 
if it's too early, it can actually be detrimental if that diversity of your gut is not in the right spot. So looking at it through the lens of what we've talked about today, physical, digestive, and psychological is how we need to look at gut. So it does become an integrated approach and it comes into getting an awareness of how your gut is responding to the outside world. So I'm going to give you three quick examples to take you through those, if that's right. Yes, please. We look at it through physical, right? The type of exercise we do is going to have an impact on our gut. We've seen through multiple studies now where uh, bringing in something like weight training can actually improve the diversity of your gut by itself. If we're someone who's that type A personality, we're used to being stressed for eight to 10 hours a day, and now we go jump ourselves into a hit class or a circuit class, we just continue that stress for another couple of hours, right? And we find a way to just seek the same stress in our life that has a very real metabolic stress on the body, but it starts to really hinder that gut health as well. And we see this in endurance athletes all the time as well. If they're doing really long events, that level of extended stress and heat to their gut can really start to cause a breakdown of that diversity as well, right? So just simply understanding the type of weight, the type of exercise you do, clearly if you're not weight training, not exercising at all, adding in movement, please start there. There's going to be lots of mitochondrial or just general health and, and cellular functions that improve. But as soon as you start to add in things like weight training, it can be a very nice way to just rebuild that level of diversity through the gut. And it's a resilience tolerance, all right? Mm -hmm. The second one is psychological, right? We bring an awareness to simply being mindful in our day. If we, it's very normal for us to get stressed out at a particular you know, scenario, and that's a classic fight or flight response, right? Which is in its name, we would either fight or we would flee. The opposite of that is our rest and digest, calming the body down. And there's a, there's a drastic difference in where the blood flows in our body. If we're in the fight or flight response, 80% of that blood goes towards our muscles, right? It goes towards those spots where we can run. If we're in the rest and digest, all of that blood, or at least 80% of that blood starts to come back around the digestive tract and actually allowing things to function. Hence why recovery is important. <laughs> 100%, right? And if you don't, if you're always in the fight flight response, you can see it in people. You feel tight. They feel, you could call it toned, but it's just a level of muscle tone that never goes away. And if you never relax, you're just breaking down tissue the whole time, right? So there is a very physical reaction to a psychological stress. And if we're someone who's not mindful to how long that stress is impacting us, the way I like to think about it is the gazelle, right? Like if, in, if you're in a paddock and you see a lion come through, it's like, right, I need to get out of here big stress. But then 20 minutes later, I'm back to grazing in the park. Like there's there's no further uh, thoughts there, right? If you had a line walk through your living room, you probably wouldn't just think about that for 20 minutes. You'd be freaking out about it for the next two days. Like, where did this come from? What can I do? How can I make my house more safe? Like all of these things. And that's in a, in a, in a very real way, breaking down the body. And we have so many examples of this where we just hold on to a certain stress and we don't create, create a pause. We don't breathe. We don't just simply check in with ourselves. And that thing that happened five hours ago, we're still holding on to it. <laughs> or five years a, ago, we're still holding on to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you you know, there's a beautiful book called The Body Keeps the Score. And I think oh, it's a really nice, book. yeah, really good awareness of just what's happening psychologically is going to impact you physically. And we see this happening through the gut, but obviously you see this through a, a muscle tone, a muscle tightness, just a general inflammatory side all of the time. All right. So, you know, lots of things we can talk through there. And then the last one is digestive, right? And I think this is one that most people miss. This is obviously a little bit more directed to gut, but it's through that stress tolerance overall, which is stress can come through psychologically or it can come through what you're consuming. So if there's a certain food that you keep eating that you're actually slightly inflamed to, but you're not listening to it, right? It might be some bread. It might be milk. It might be onions, right? It could be, we've, we've got to go through a process to find out what that is for you. But 
identifying those foods that are causing a digestive stress on the body is going to lower that threshold. It's going to make your body less tolerant to stress overall. And if you keep having it, and like many clients do, they've done it for 10 or 20 years, we're just bombarding that gut lining over and over again. And those little uh, bodyguards that are supposed to keep the bad guys out, they get pretty tired pretty quickly and they start to let a lot more toxins and, and really drive up those inflammation markers in the body. So we're looking at it through, hopefully that hasn't complicated, I can break it down a little bit more, but we're looking through physical, digestive, and psychological stress and identifying that is gut health. That is rebuilding your body to be resilient and tolerant to stress throughout the day. It's not taking a probiotic and forgetting about like uh, what I just ate made me feel bad. I should probably focus on that first. Mm. And I was wondering, so I had a, my best friend, one of my best friends, she went through this process of actually figuring out what her body is resistant to. And she was like, yeah. I can't believe I've been ignoring this for so long. Now she went through to her physician and then to a nutritionist. So she definitely had the help of specialists, but I love how you're like, tune into your body. Like just pay attention after you're eating something, how you feel. Are there any, you know, warning signs that are going off, any signals that your body is sending off that maybe this isn't good for you. But I wonder then if we've been eating it for so long and our body actually doesn't like it, are we ignoring it? Or do I should say, are those warning signs still prominent or do we become immune to it? And then, you know, at what point should we seek a specialist, a nutritionist or a physician who can help us to really dive deeper and figure out what we should not be eating? Yeah. Uh, I think the easiest way to explain this is if I asked you, you know, say you're in this spot, you're looking to improve your health. And I asked you simply, you know, where's your energy right now? You're like, ah, oh, it's an eight out of 10. You know, I think I can improve it. I asked that same client three months three months later, and I do this all the time. It was like, nah, it was really a four out of 10. Like <laughs> now I know what an eight out of 10 really looks like, right? And it's just a tolerance. Like at the end of the day, you just get used to feeling shitty, right? And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time it's just, we, we normalize how we feel on a day-to-day basis. And we use another coffee, we use, you know, alcohol, we use TV time, we use ways of just removing ourselves from our own body to tolerate the day. And it's just that it's, we look at it through the lens of it's just the dog lying on the nail, right? There's a level of pain that's there. It's just not enough to quite get off our bum to fix it. And I Mm. think that's where so many people are, is they're just in this low level or high level, but they're not aware of it. (laughs) Uh, Desperation there of like, I can feel so much better, but I'm just, it's not quite enough to change my habits right now. And I think you don't want to get to that point. You don't want to get to that point. Yeah. Well, that's the tick, the whack or the, the yeah. whack or the uh, truck, right? It's the awareness of like, what level do you need to get to? And I, I've had that conversation. It crushes me. It's like, well, you're clearly just not in enough pain yet. So we'll talk again later, I guess. Like you're not in a position to move forward. And you mentioned about specialists. We've we've had an average of four to five specialists that these people have seen before they've actually been able to make a change. They've come to us because there's an awareness of it's always been looking at it through one lens, right? I go to a specialist and I focus on a stool sample or I go to a nutritionist and I remove gluten, but it's, it's looking at the full picture. And, and actually that's why it's a, it's a, uh, we've brought in specialists, all those areas of, okay, psychological, physical, and digestive stress. Let's focus on these three together. So you're not looking at a personal trainer and nutritionist and a psychologist all separately. It's a case of, okay, let's bring this into one spot. So you're actually working with the whole human. And I think when you tune in, that is very much the same thing. As I had this conversation two weeks ago with a bloke, I was like, you can either spend $800 to do a food intolerance test right now, or you can simply do a food log for a week and find out what foods that are causing issues, because this will change every six months anyway. Super interesting on the nutrition, uh, on the female side with 
as we start to enter perimenopause and there's certain adjustments or quite big adjustments, especially on the progesterone and estrogen side, we start to notice that as there's higher histamine tolerances is there. And we start to see that foods that we were no longer, to- we, we tolerated great before and now becoming issues. So it's a little bit more drastic, even on the female front. And that's a fascinating space because you're not just looking at the food, you're looking at where that's coming from. Mm, and also where they are in their life cycle, yeah. as you were just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. Okay. I know that there are a ton of people who are listening and are like, where do I get started? And I noticed that you have, is it the five day reset that maybe people can go check out? Yeah, we've covered so much. You know, if you want to dive into this and actually have some very clear actionable steps, we've got really good feedback from this challenge. Uh, it's a five-day free reset that you can find on our website. Uh, there's a male and female one because, as you can see, there's some obvious adjustments here that we want to take into account. Uh, and it's very much just let's start with those simple steps. And very much like we talked about today, it's not trying to push you for the hour and a half workout when you think of a challenge. <laughs> it's let's find 10 minutes a day and let's find those little action steps to create your personal non-negotiables so that you can get your body energy back. And if Today's been, you know, resonated with you. It's an easy place to start. Completely free. Five-day challenge walks you through that process of here's some considerations you can take into account. If you're already, and I think the big part here is, oh no, I'm already doing the health thing, right? Imagine if you applied that same thing to business and how far behind you would be right now. There's always more to learn. There's always tweaks and adjustments you can make. Again, apply that same mindset to your health and see what you can learn. Oh, I love that. I love that takeaway. Thank you so much. We'll make sure that the five-day reset goes down in the show notes. I also just want to take take a moment and applaud the fact that you created one for women and one for men. I had a guest on here, Dr. Anna Kabeca, and she shared her personal story of years ago when her mom was undergoing a surgery and she was looking at the research and all the research was only patients who are men. And so, you know, we have to always consider that. Take that into consideration is when you're looking for what works for your body, dear listener, first of all, know that you're going to be radically different than the person next to you, than the trainer who's working with you, than your friend who may be going through the same program. But I always appreciate those Uh, who are thoughtful experts like yourself, who are thoughtful enough to put research and also programs out there that are very specific to the gender because we are very different. Just based on gender, I mean, let alone how different we are from person to person, I celebrate you for that. Thank you so much, Ollie. And thank you for this very rich conversation. I know that our listeners have learned so much. And again, we will make sure that the five-day reset ends up in the show notes so you can very quickly go and tackle your health goals in the same way that you are crushing life and business. You can do it, friend. We believe in you. And thanks so much for listening to In the Details. This has been In the Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcast.